This is a Flashpoint Podcast Extra. Debbie Sims Africa is a member of the Move 9. She was released over this past weekend after nearly 40 years behind bars. For her part in the 1978 shooting death of a Philadelphia police officer. If you've never heard of the MOVE organization, they were considered to be a back-to-nature group. Some called them radical at the time they had been founded in the early 1970s, and they believed in black liberation, nature. They lived in a hunter-gatherer-type society and rejected man-made laws, science, and technology. The incident that landed nine members of the group behind bars for third-degree murder, each giving a 30 to 100 years in prison sentence. All of that took place on August 8, 1978. Debbie Africa is the first member of the Move 9 to go free. Two members of the group died inside of prison. Six remain behind bars. Here's my phone interview with Debbie Africa, followed by my interview with her son, Michael Africa Jr. Now, I should mention that Debbie was eight months pregnant and had her son while incarcerated. When she was freed on Saturday, that was the first time she saw her son, Michael, as a free woman. Listen in. What was it like walking out of prison on Saturday, knowing that you were officially going to be a free woman? It was, uh, it was, it was really unspeakable. It was kind of unbelievable in a way because it had been almost 40 years and I just could, you know, imagine, you know, even taking that step if you want to know, if you know what I mean, not that it would never happen, but it was just so foreign. It was both bitter and sweet and um, happy and really sad because I did expect my sisters, Janine and Janet to come with me too. You know, and it just didn't happen. So as I walked out the door and I saw Mike and I saw, you know, my daughter-in-law, my family and my, you know, my children. And, you know, it was just really overwhelming for me. And it was just, you know, it was a happy feeling. But like I said, it was also, it was hurt also because, um, you know, Janine and Janet were not with me. And um, and I really didn't understand why, but I had already molded that around in my head beforehand. So I knew they weren't weren't coming. but to actually feel the realization that they weren't coming and to feel, you know, you know, like we, like I had just left them, you know, was, um, you know, that wasn't a good feeling, especially since, you know, we all, you know, I just expected it because we all had the same case going in. We all had the same charges. We all had the same parole um, stipulations up until this last time. And, um, so I just didn't, you know, I wasn't really totally, I wasn't complete. I wasn't totally satisfied with that. And why do you, you think know? it but was different for you than them? Do you have any ideas? I really have no idea. I can't even give you an opinion about that because it was just shocking to me. And, um, you know, even now I still think about it and I'm thinking, you know, it, it hits me all of a sudden. You know, I feel happy, you know, one minute, especially when I'm with my family, um, and then it just hits me that they're not here. Yeah. And so it's hard, but I don't know why. You you, know, I don't know what it was. Now, you were eight months pregnant at the time you were incarcerated and had your son, Michael, while you were in prison. Um, I mean, are you happy? I mean, this is the first time he's seeing you as a free woman and you seeing your son as a free woman. What has it been like reconnecting with your son after he's he's almost 40? He'll be 40 this year. 
I know it, it's it's both amazing and unbelievable, and it's but it's also um, you know it's um, unfamiliar, you know, and it's like it's funny because you know when I look at him, sometimes I just I see things that I've just uh, I've never saw before, and uh, we we were talking about it yesterday to somebody else here. And, um, you know, he was just saying that, you know, it's the first time he had seen my feet. <laughs> and while it may seem, you know, like a funny conversation, you know, it's things that we both connect with each other that are just totally foreign to other people. And it was just, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it's very emotional, very, very emotional. You know, sometimes I just, it really hasn't hit me totally yet, but sometimes I just, and I look at him and think, and I just hug him and I say, you know, is this real? You know, um, I can't believe that it's finally, we're finally here. And my daughter also, even though he was born in prison and I had never been with him, my, my daughter was only two when they, you know, when she was taken from me at the time of the arrest also. And I look at her sometime, you know, when we're out sitting on a porch or something, I just hug her because I'm like, I can't believe this is here. You know, we're here. Yeah, and and to and, be um, and that's like a major family separation. And Michael mentioned that you know you aren't the only person who has children and has been away from your children for so long. And so, how do you feel? I mean, there are six members of this group that was named and labeled the Move Nine still incarcerated. What are I mean? Now that you're free, um, you know, what, what do you want the world to know about the other six? When we were arrested, when we were arraigned. We were arrested at one time. We were arraigned at one time as a group. We were found guilty as a group. We were given the same charges as a group. We were given the same um, stipulations as far as um, being denied parole as a group because everything was the same. Like I said, the same charges, the same everything, the same sentence. Every last one of us were sentenced to 30 to 100 years. But I am I am the only one out, and how 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 is that how do we how do they explain that? And I want the world to know that there is no different. We are all the same as far as you know being um, being move members, and that it shouldn't be no different. They should all be out just like me. These... We should all be out here with our families. You know, Eddie included, who has a a family of four children, who has grandchildren. You know, the same as me. Yeah. You know, the same. And Mike, my husband, you know, he's, you know, the same thing. Janine, Janet, Janine has a son out here. You know, Janet and Janine's children were, you know, and uh, Delbert's children were killed May 13th. You know, so there's just no reason for them to still be in and me be out. If I'm out, then they should be out, too. You're going to make your first public appearance. Press will be there. Anything you concerned about? I mean, you haven't been you know, seen in this public way in many, many years. What's going through your mind as you prepare for tomorrow? What's going through my mind? I really haven't had a chance to really prepare in the sense of preparing because I've been just so busy, you know, just, you know, getting things together and just getting clothes because I have nothing, you know, no nothing. But um, in thinking about it now and preparing, I think I, I just feel like the, the strongest thing that I can, is, you know, try to convey to people is that you know justice is justice and if justice applies to one then it then it should apply all the way across the board especially when you have the same thing anytime you have the same thing you know then the result should be the same you know it's no different than you know than 
it's like a law of life, really. I mean, if two people stand in the rain, one gets wet, the other one's going to get wet. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so the same thing should apply here. And the fact that whole situation happened because it's surrounded by a civil case. We didn't kill anybody. We hadn't killed anybody. We hadn't murdered anybody or raped anybody or, you know, um, involved in human trafficking or drugs or anything like that. This whole situation, August 8th, came about because of a civil code violation, a housing code violation, and the judge put out bench warrants for our arrest because they wanted to, us to come to court to show cause as to why we didn't come to court on August the 5th. You know, and so all that happened because of that, you know, and it's just something that I think a question that has not been asked, that has not been asked, but definitely moving, moving forward and, you know, step by step, you know, definitely, you know, my family, our family, our move family should definitely be out here. And, you know, there's no reason that I can think of. There's no reason why. Yeah, they, they're not. So you're staying with family. I, t- I take it you've been eating nicely, much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> what was your first your first meal? Well, when I got here, my family had everything was, you know, they had a big, 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 big garden grown salad on the table, you know, vegetables, kale and spinach and onions and chard. And um, they had like cabbage and, you know, cabbage. and um, It was just all kinds of food, watermelon slices and nectarines and just all kinds of really, really good food everywhere. And it was just a really happy, really happy time. It was about 50 people here. <laughs> wow. And it was just really, really, it was awesome. I mean, I mean it was really awesome. It just, it was, I was just so thankful, you know, for the support and, you know, for my family and my son who worked his behind off, like every, you know, like everybody else who worked before the move nine. I mean, just without let up since he's been able to fight and work and um yeah i, mean, I just want to say i'm so proud of him i've never seen folks still protesting strong for this many years ever okay i know i've uh-huh. never seen anything like it but <laughs> every time i turned around it was another one and they had the signs and they rolled out the you know they rolled out the the, the tarps and everything i was like oh, no joke bullhorns uh-huh. you got a hey. tough crew there miss debbie you got a tough yeah. crew Okay. Well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And, you know, um, hey, that's what MOVE is all about. MOVE is about consistency, persistency, until we get what, until we get what's right. You know, not nothing wrong. Until we get what's right, until we get justice, until we get, you know, the satisfaction knowing that we are going to be, you know, treated fairly at yeah. some point, you know. And, say, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Hey, listen, our forefathers didn't lay down. Our forefathers, our, forefathers, our people. They didn't lay down, lay down. You know, they had to fight. I mean, Harriet Tubman and, you know, all those yeah. people that went through that underground tunnel and freed the slaves. I mean, from all the way back then, they had to fight. They had to work hard and they had to do things in order to get around that. And, you know, it, it is what it, it took all that, you know. But now people are commending that kind of fight. They're commending her. They're commending her for being able to standing up for freedom for the slaves. They're commending her for that. Yeah. They're commending the, um, you know, the Jewish, Jewish, Jewish people for fighting against Germany like they did. I mean, they did the same thing. They had to change their names. They had to go through hoops. They had to do all kinds of stuff in order to protect themselves the best way they could against 
you know, that kind of injustice. So yeah. this is just, it's a modern day thing. And it's just, it's just so different, you know, it's so yeah. different because, yeah. you know, that's his history. And I, and I, itself. and I have to ask you this question out of fairness. Do you have anything? I mean, I know officer ramp, uh, did pass away, uh, right. in an incident, any, any words to his, any of his family members, they may still be here or any words at all on, on that. You know, we don't want, I don't personally want to see any form, form of life killed or maimed or harmed or in any kind of way. You know, I am very sorry for his family. You know, I I can only imagine what they've gone through without their father or, you know, who, you know, whoever they are to him. Because I know what I've gone through, you know, being separated from my own children for all this long, for almost a lifetime. So I can't imagine the, the hurt and the pain that they've suffered over the years. And, you know, I am sorry for that. Um you know, like I said, I could only only imagine because I know how I feel, you know, feeling, you know, yeah. sort of like that myself, you know. Yes. And, you know, after May 13th, all that. I, so, you know, it's just it's just it was just a terrible situation. Yeah. And um, I never want that kind of situation to happen ever again. And on that note, Miss Debbie, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. I look forward to meeting you tomorrow. Your mother was released on Saturday. Is just your reaction to this this major occurrence? Overwhelmingly happy. Over at the same time, it's, it's bittersweet. You know, there's still move nine members that that you know with the same charges and, and all that that needs to be out. My mom, my dad too. You know, he he was her, one of her co-defendants and he's still in prison, and he was not granted parole. Bittersweet. You know, we're still waiting for that day too. And so you have both of your parents. You, this is the first time you've seen your mother as a free woman. What what was that like? You know, seeing her on Saturday. Uh, it was overwhelming. It was surprising. It was it was it was a shock. It's belief. I mean, it was all kind of stuff. Happiness. There was all kind of emotions in there. You know, I saw we're doing a lot of things that that we've never done before. That we, you know, like I'm learning things that babies learn about their mothers right now. You know, like what her feet looks like and you know, you know, how she sleeps and, you know, we've never had breakfast together. Like, so all of these things are just like coming up and happening. And like, you don't even realize that you don't know these things or that you didn't experience these things until you do experience them. And then, then, then you realize once you see it, it's like, uh, you know, that you've never done it. It reminds you um, to see her walk around the house. Is, and, you know, sometimes I forget if she's in another room, and then she comes into the room I'm in, and I see her come into the room. It's like butterflies all over again. Like it actually is real. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And so you were raised by other folks because both your parents were um, in prison. How did you keep your spirits up all this time? You know, and and, and to this to this day, now that now the fight continues. I kept my spirit up because work had to be done. And things had to be done. You know, you, you don't give up just because things are tough. If things have to be done, if work has to be done, it's not going to get done by you giving up. So, you know, that, that kind of information and that kind of understanding, I mean, it was tough at times, but I mean, I never, I never really gave up. Um, so, Hey, you just do what you got to do. Yeah. And Grin so, and Barrett. yeah, grin and, grit and grin and Barrett. And so, Tomorrow, which is Tuesday, there will be a press conference where your mother will make her first public appearance. Press will be there. 
Um, what is what is the message that you would like to get out to the public? Uh, the message that I want to get out to the public is that I'm not the only child who is without a parent because of uh, the unjust incarceration of the Move 9. You know, there's other people. Eddie, Africa has children. Um, you know, and, and Janine and Janet, the two women that were denied, who are my mom's um, co-defendants, part of, you know, they were co-defendants and uh, roommates for the last 40 years. Um, they were denied parole. They had children too, but their children were amongst the five children that were dead, that were murdered on May 13th, 1985. And so they were denied parole. And it was just tragedy. So people need to realize that all these people and all the joy that we feel, my mom and myself and, and my family, um, there are a lot of people that's, that, that are still waiting for that day for them to enjoy that same feeling of amazement. This has been a Flashpoint Podcast Extra. Thank you so much for listening.